What's good, fam? Thanks for joining me, your host, Corey Cabri, on the Living Life on Purpose podcast, where we discuss various topics on how to apply God's principles to your everyday life. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. We talked about the journey, right? And we were talking about basically the journey from God is pulling ourselves, pulling us from ourselves unto him because that's really the battle. I mean, we're battling against ourselves mostly. I mean, we blame other people and entities, but mostly we're battling ourselves, right? And it's the self that we're battling is a nature that that just does not want to conform to the image of God. And the picture we used to paint that was God taking the children and leading the children out of Egypt into the promised land. And that, the promised land, was symbolic to really being God. It wasn't like heaven or any of that. It was like cause throughout the the journey, God was trying to get them to be in a relationship with him and just to see him, see him for who he was. And the promised land was more of just uh, what you would call, if you were if we were looking at a movie, it, it would be like the setting, right? But the whole gist of the journey was to get to God. And from that, the Lord is really pressing on my spirit uh, because before we went into that, it's funny, before we went into the journey, we were talking about ministry. And so the importance of ministry was to know that the whole point of it was getting to God. And then he's led me to that, and then he's led me right back to ministry. And so today is more open-ended, uh, just really just hearing your thoughts on how to be effective in ministry. And uh, But I'll read the scriptures that, that that I have shared, and it's in Matthew 5, beginning at verse 13, where he says, you are the salt of the earth. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And he's saying, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And then he goes on to say, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And this is, of course, being symbolic where he's speaking of salt and light. And you think of salt, uh, you think of what it does for food. It adds flavor to food. Right. If, if you don't have the salt, then it's bland, right? And so when you think of salt throughout my upbringing as far as the ministry, it was always correlated to ministry. <laughs> when you think about salt, you look at that, like ministry, ministering, actually sharing some type of truth or gospel to people, and that, that truth or gospel is would be the salty or the flavor for people's lives. Right, so you're adding flavor or salt or truth, or or uh, or the word to someone's life in order for them to see God. And then you look at the light. The light uh, is what the salt does to your life. Right, the salt adds light to your life because now people see you living in truth, and you know what I mean. It helps them to see that okay, there is a more excellent way to live or there is a more purposeful or meaningful way uh, to live while you're on earth. And so in that, it's all catered towards what? It's all catered towards 
people seeing God, both, both ministry, sharing this truth, interjecting or logically reasoning this truth with people from a scriptural standpoint, from a script, from an experimental standpoint with you interacting with God throughout your life and then sharing that with others that, that aren't, or even people that are, that aren't as seasoned as you are in your walk. And then the light just being just, just your life, right? Just your life. And so, so bring me to the, to the what I was saying earlier, just the effective ministry, effective ministry. And why effective? <clears throat> effective can mean so many things, so, so many things. And what the Lord gave me when it came to effective, not even looking at Miriam Webster or dictionary.com, but just what he gave me with effective, it, it is, it is merely just as you, it's detailed in the scripture. People actually seeing God and glorifying him. Right. And, and that could mean a variation of things because it could mean it when I say a variation, on the one hand, you may have somebody struggling with their faith and they see you, and they look at you and, and you giving them something or some, some type of salt, right? You're giving them this salt. And they didn't receive the salt on one end, but then you came at them just from more of a lifestyle type of, of just, just how you live, right? And, and how you handle situations that, that may not be, I don't know, maybe not be going in your favor and how you handle them. And, and, and you always point it back to God in the sense that, hey, but God brought me out or, you know, God had me overcome or God sustained me right in the mess. And all I have is God, regardless of what I'm going through, all I have is God. And so they may be, and when I say affected, right, they may be looking at that and it may not look, it may not help them to, I guess, from the salt part, be like, oh, man, God is just so great. They may not be able to see that in that light. But what they'll see and what they could potentially see is how you're not allowing it to really deter you from pressing forward. You know what I mean by pressing forward is continuing to live the life that God is wanting you to live, right? And, and that's more of what God is showing me. It's like people may feel like I don't deserve something in a sense, but when God shares with me effective ministry, how can you help them to press on even if they feel like they didn't deserve something? I'm going to press through this and keep living for God, even though I don't feel like I deserve the treatment I'm getting. I'm still going to press forward. I'm still going to press through it. And then as they press through it, then, then God will shine his light on them and help them to see how good he is. I may not be able to help them to see that, but, but if I can just help them press through to keep obeying God, then God is sharing with me. That's effective. That's effective ministry, right? And and I I, mean, I know I just kind of like shared a bunch of stuff, but I really want to hear from you guys. And just because I want us to collaborate, I want us to really, I want us to really be real and just being effective. Like, how can you be more effective in your walk and just your daily walk? I mean, you're not maybe not so much salt. You may not have a lot of truth to share. I mean, but you only need one, right? You only need one truth, right? Jesus is Lord. That's really the simple truth that you need. He's Lord. If Jesus is Lord, everything kind of like branches off from that. If you look at the family tree, right? And so I just want to hear your thoughts, really. Anybody, if you have anything to say 
about being effective in your walk, in your daily walk? How can you encourage somebody to just press through, right? How can you encourage somebody to, to just not give up, to, to persevere? You know what I mean? Because people go through a lot of stuff. People go through it. They deal with a lot of stuff on a date. Anybody. Nobody wants to talk. But that's fine. That's I thought. Fine. I thought. You know, I thought. You just know you want to hear a lot of background noise. Um, that's fine. That's absolutely I was going to say that um, a couple things came to mind just that mm-hmm. I'm working with a ministry right now and they won't have this vision. They partner with this larger organization that they, this weekend they want to have a Do You Know Jesus personally track. Mm-hmm and DVD on Who is Jesus go to every single home in the city. And it's a great goal. But as I sat there today packing the door hanger, I was like, how effective is this going to be, God? How many people have been hurt by the church? How many people, as soon as they see God, they're going to throw it in the trash? And so I just started, I mean, just being real. (laughs) So I was just like, let me... Yeah, so I was just, like, praying over them, like, I hope these get, you know, the door that this is meant for, that they really do open this, and it does mean something. But then I started asking God, what would be effective? Like, mm-hmm. how could we be this light? How could we show forth Jesus and God in a tangible, real way that's not a whole bunch of money, but, you know, very simple? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just started thinking about, like you said, your regular, just a smile versus yeah. leaving it on that door. What would it look like just to be there? Yeah. <laughs> when they come out, it, it right. just be like smiling, good morning, have a great day, right. and walk away. What? I mean, kind of scary, but yeah, it's just like, so. I was like, what would be effective? But I, I was just thinking about that as they were just making this big camp. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how many of these are going to end in the trash? And then right. um, part two of this, um, what I wanted to share is for um, I consult companies on how to have healthier cultures, which means a lot of times I go in when it's a toxic environment. And so this recent assignment I have, I've noticed I've been more open about who I am as a believer as people are giving me feedback, you know, one-to-one about what they're going through. And then they tell me, oh, I'm a believer too, or I'm a Christian. Exactly, I'm like, really? right. <laughs> and so then yes. they start calling their bosses all kind of names outside of, <laughs> outside of being a child of God. And so I was able to go back and say, wait a minute, you just told me you believe this, so why would you call them that name? But you see all that email, you see how they treat us. And I said, Mm. what is life? I said, what is life? What is 80% of life? Because everybody's heard that. What is 80% of life? You know, it's not what you do, it's how you respond. I said, so you got the ultimate chance now, Christian woman of God, that, wow, you get to respond. You get to choose how you're going to respond in this situation. And they just started looking at me and, you know, slowly but surely they can't keep bringing me all the cases against the boss because they know I'm not taking it anymore because that doesn't solve anything. And so I'm like, what can we do to be the light in this situation? How can we shift this? And so I'm realizing being effective, even though sometimes I don't uh, appreciate, like, some people that like to process and think things through that might be hosting this call right now. We won't say who, but Uh they ask questions. (laughs) <laughs> they ask yes. a lot of questions, which can be frustrating sometimes to someone who just yeah. wants to get it done and find yeah. a solution. But I think right. a part of effective ministry, you appreciate this, sir, is asking mm-hmm. questions. 
is really yeah. getting to know people, understanding their reason why, and then yeah. being able to connect with the light into their why. And so that's what I found. Amen. Amen. No, that's beautiful. Man, that's beautiful because it really hones in on a lot of things God has been showing me as far as effectiveness. And, and I want to talk about, I'm going to go, I'm going to touch on what you said, Michelle, but I want to bring up like things people struggle with, right? Um, first, I'm going to start by saying this. I watched a video this week, and it was a, a, a roundtable talk, and it had believers on the table talk, and but it had, like, believers that that are in what you would call power. Uh, it was one lady. She was an executive on the Motown record label, and she helped push before Outkast became big and Outkast. She helped push their first album. She was also uh, she also helped push Erica Badu. Uh, I don't remember the lady's name, so I can't even tell you. But she was on there. Uh, Lecrae was on there. He's a Christian rapper. It was another guy on there. I don't remember his name. Uh, but he started a school in Atlanta. Uh, he was on there. And then the guy that was actually hosting the thing, can't remember his name either. Sorry, it was a bunch of names I don't remember. But the names I do remember are the rappers. And Tadashi, he was promoting his album. It was funny. I stumbled upon this. I, I say stumble, but the Lord led me to it. But I wasn't intentionally looking for it. But the Lord led me to it, and the Tadashi, particularly who I want to bring up at this moment, Christian rapper, um, and then there was another guy. He was a he's a DJ, Christian hip hop. His name is DJ Wado. He does his radio station is Wado Radio. But anywho, uh, but Tadashi in particular, he lost his son like some six years ago. His son was a year old. Uh, Tadashi, a devout believer, you know what I mean. He, his ministry is rapping and promoting. Christ through his songs. Um, but some six years ago, his son died. Now, I don't know how his son died. I never did the research on it. And, in a, in, and even in that, his sister passed and his stepmom, his wife's or his dad's wife or his, yeah, his dad's wife passed as well, stepmom. And, and it's like all of these people were passing around him. And, he, and you know what it drove him to? It drove him to want to commit suicide. Now, Tadashi had had other children. He had another son, an older son. And he was married, right? And but when his baby son, you know, his year old son passed away, it it took a toll on Tadashi to the to the degree that he wanted to commit suicide, but he chose not to commit suicide because because of his older son. He but it was God, but God used his older son to kept sustain him as far as in the earth, persevere in the earth. And um and he didn't want to put more pressure on his son. But what it did, though, what he did as after coming to that conclusion was he wanted to cope. Uh, and his coping mechanism, which is very popular, right, it was alcohol. And he wasn't uh, sociable. He wasn't drinking at social events. No, he was drinking solo. He was drinking by himself. And he wasn't just having one drink. He was drinking bottles. Of liquor. I remember in one of his verses in one of his songs, he was saying, he was saying he would sip Grand Marier, and he would sip it to the degree that he would throw up, and then he would. This is his verse. He said he would throw up, 
and then he would do it all again the next day. <laughs> he would sip Grand Marier till he would throw up. Then he would do it again the next day. It was like on repeat, and he was coping. He was trying to cope. He was trying to cope, right? And people knew something was wrong with him, and people had heard his son had passed, but, but there was something wrong with him, right? And what the Lord, what he brought out during this round table talk was this. He said, I don't, I don't understand why God did this to me, right? I don't get why God did this to me. Now, see, I don't have any children as far as biological children. I'm not a biological dad, but I am a, a dad or a father to many. Like I, I mean, I have if just from mentoring and just people I meet. It's like it's funny even around work. They look at me like like the young old dude, right? Just just like the the Mister Miyagi of the office. That's how I'm like viewed by the younger guy. It's so funny because these young engineers are like ten years younger than me, and it's just weird. Like I don't feel like I'm ten years older than me, even though that's not a lot of years, but they look at it like it's just, you know, like I'm 30 years older than they are. And then my wisdom just, I guess, supersedes them. So it makes me look super old. So, but anywho, what I'm getting at is just, I have been like a spiritual father, right? I'm like a spiritual father. But but I can't imagine what it would be like to lose your biological son. I can't really imagine it. I can't, can't it, it, it's, I mean, not even the slightest inkling. And all I could say is in my natural mind and, and logical mind is that I would hate for that to happen, but yet and still I would know God has a plan for me so I can't stop. You know what I'm saying? That's me saying it from a logical standpoint, but as far as relating to him to help him to persevere through it and keep doing what God is wanting him to do, I wouldn't be able to connect. All I could do was listen to him. And, and you know what I'm saying? And you can do the old cliche thing. Is, you know, I'm going to be praying for you, right? That's cliche. Um, and he like, thanks. And I'm praying for me, too. Because he's having conversations with God about why God did it to him. <laughs> right? But and when you but when you look at it and you, like, want to digest it or dissect it or really help this brother, you know, and, and the question comes, like, well, what do you do? Or what, what do you say? Right? And I was hoping... Gabe will be gone, so he could just say some things because he experienced it, right? And and his, you know, my cousin. But Gabe, you know, what I mean, he's pressing. He continued to do what God is wanting him to do, right? And and so I I wanted to hear him to share, but but this is what I wanted to touch on, Shell. I wanted to touch on this uh, was when it comes to people going through something, and when it comes to people dealing with something like like losing a child. Or or losing losing something uh, losing something that they find to be dear to them. You know, I'll give you another example. It was crazy. Uh, there's a guy, it's a basketball coach, and the Lakers are looking at him. His name's Monty Williams. Um, he coaches with the uh, 76ers currently. He's an assistant. But uh, maybe five, six years ago, his wife died in a car accident. And I think it was a drunk driver or somebody ran a red light. I can't remember exactly, but I just know the person that hit her was on, was at fault. And his wife died. And he was coaching a basketball game at the time in Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City. He was on the Thunder. He was an assistant with the Thunder. And 
I mean, I, I'm going to tell you, this is how crazy it was. It, it saddened me, and I don't even know the brother, but he's, he's, a, he's a believer as well, right? This guy's a believer. He's, he's renowned around the league as being a believer, Christ, believer in Christ, a follower of Christ, a, a very humble spirit, meek, you know what I mean, known as that. And, he, and he's very quiet, you know, even as a coach, just – uh, but but driven by his faith, and everybody knew that about him. So it just kind of took a toll on just people, players, and coaches around the league at the time. I think he ended up taking like three years off. He had two or three daughters. Uh, they were young at the time, you know, and, and so it was just him and his daughters. And they even gave him like this uh, Life Achievement Award a couple years after, you know. But still, you could see that it took a toll on him. You know, to lose his wife he, that he loved so dearly, right? And, and and what I'm getting at is this: when you see that, and you like, well, man, you know, you want. And he seemed to manage. I don't know how he coped through, but he seemed to manage to come back. And he's coaching now, but he's still real quiet. But he's coaching. He still seemed to have, you know, persevered. Because this is what it's about. It's about persevering, continuing to do what God is wanting you to do. Right, but not everybody makes it, right? Not everybody makes it after something like that. And so, but touching on what you were saying, Michelle, is when it comes to that, the Lord is showing me that we do have to separate ourselves. When you when you look at that scripture in Matthew 5 and 13, when he says being salt and being light, a couple of things in that is, is first of all, you see that it's, it's not about you. It's it's not about you. So when you're being salt and being like, you can't come in there looking at it like what you would do because it's not about you, right? So when you think about being effective, you can't go into the situation thinking what you would do. I can't. I can't approach people with my mindset because I never lost a child. I've never lost a wife to a car accident. Yes, I've gone through divorces, and yes, I can I can minister on that and how to go through and persevere through all of that two times over, right? <laughs> I can do that. Uh, but from a car accident, no, I can't. And so I can't even come at them with the mindset of I've been through, you know, separated from a while. I know how to talk to you. No, I got to come to approach you with what you need. What do you need? I have no idea. And that was something Tabashi brought up with when it came to losing his son. People had no idea how to talk to him, so he, he it made him feel worse because they didn't know how to talk to him, and he wanted them to be like, y'all, okay, y'all, it's okay. You know, if you want to talk to me, but if you don't, then it's, it's okay. But, but what I'm getting at with that was he didn't even know how to be around people because he realized they were noticing that he was so sad and it just made him worse. It made him worse because people didn't know how to approach him in his situation. And God is showing me, the first thing is you got to realize you got to check to see what they need because they are in need of something. When a person says something like, why did God do this to me? They are in need of something. And I can go and start telling them, well, man, God didn't really take anything from you. Everything you have is on loan, and I can say that. But is that going to help them? Is that going to help them? I don't know, right? I don't know. And and so this comes the second part. You got to approach them with the mindset that 
it's not about them either. It's about God. It's about God, right? So I said all that to say to get to that, right? It's not about me. It's not about them. It's about God because at the end of the day, that's what we want people to see. We want people to see God, not God as in he's um, reigning and he's ruling over everybody, but see God as in God has a purpose and a plan for you on earth. That's why you're still here. And he wants to use you for his glory, regardless of what it is that you're going through. And, and he can use you in this situation. Like he could propel you to be so great, even in this situation. He could propel you if you would just trust in that part, that aspect that he could drive you into this, this place where I mean, yes, you will still have the scar. The scar tissue will be there, but yet you will come out looking so pristine and, you know what I mean, and just so radiated with his light that, that it will affect people to see how you came through and they will do the same thing. Because man, everybody is hurting from something. Everybody is. Even if they're not hurting, they've been affected. They've been through some kind of trauma. They, you know what I mean? We, we've all been through something. You know I mean, we've all been through, all of us, all of us, you know what I mean? And we've all, it, was, it all affected us one kind of way, right? It led us one way or the other. I just named my cousin, Gabe, my cousin, and his ex-wife, which was, I shouldn't have said that, but anyway, my other cousin, like, they're both my cousins, right? No matter which one married who, they both my cousins. And Gabe being my brother, though, but um, Gabe went one way, and my cousin, his wife went the other way. They both they went in ways, but not in the same way. And Gabe is continuing to persevere. And my cousin, not so much. Right? It's a circle. It's just going around in this circle after losing their child. Right? It's a circle. And it's like, you know, well, how do you? And, and and you may not be the person God can use for that situation. Like I may not be that person, um, and, and, and other people may not. But but if you are the person. You have to know that I can't go into the situation talking to her, uh, thinking it's about her, thinking it's about me. How would I do it? How would I handle it? No, I got to go in thinking, how can I share God with her to help her see that God has a plan for her life and God wants her to persevere and keep living and keep living and keep doing what he's wanting her to do, right? So two things. I can't make it about me. I can't make it about them. I have to make it be about God and the plan that God has because the ultimately the journey here, back to the journey, it's about us developing this relationship with God to the place where that's all we see. That's all we see. We talked about Nip, Nipsey last week and just another good example of people, him going through what he went through as a young child and adolescent and a gang and then turning his life to in a to to the degree and it's all in the natural it may not necessarily be spiritual but in the natural turning his life to the to the to a place where he wants to be effective in the same community that he grew up in as an adolescent. You know, as a gang member. I wanna be I don't want to be gang member anymore. I want to be anti gang member. I want us to love and, and be more positive, right? I want us to put down the gun violence, right? And the things that he stood for, and then he became a victim of that same thing he was fighting against. 
And then some person would look at that and be like, oh, man, that's, that's horrible. See, right, this is why we should. And then you think about it. One person would say, this is why we should do more with guns. But then you're like, well, hold on. How does that make sense when he was just killed by a gun? So, so then what you see, what I've seen, and I've seen videos where people are making a stand, even gang members coming together that are rivals naturally in, in society, coming together and saying, this didn't make any sense. We need to put these guns down, right? So his life is still affecting the community that he was standing in at the time that while he was living, right? Because he didn't make it be about him. He didn't make it be about him. He didn't make it be about them. He made it be about life. Like, I mean, I ain't promoting, like saying he promoted Christ, but I'm saying living. Like, dude, we got to put these guns down. This makes no sense. All of this gun violence, we got to put them down. We got to do something different. All right, I'm not sure about it. It doesn't make any sense, but but just putting the seed, this is more of a seed, a seed that I want to, really, God is putting in me to plant. And so at, what, where, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here is targeting areas where we struggle, right? Targeting areas where ministry is needing to be laid. You know what I mean? And we might talk about racism. I don't know. That's always a, a, a good topic, right? Racism is always good. You know, how do you be effective when somebody's looking at you and, and, I mean, condescending due to the color of your skin or nationality because you're not from here, because you have an accent and you sound funny in comparison to me? But then that's the funny part. We all have an accent to somebody, you know, but I keep I can go on and on, but but I want to, you know, I know I opened up the floor and I know some more people have come on and I don't know if anybody else has anything to add or share or say, but I just, I just, this is like a, a groundbreaker that we're talking about being effective in ministry and uh, you just going back to the scripture so that, so that people can see our good deeds and glorify our father in heaven, right? And both salt and light. You know, and we may not have a lot of salt, but just like I said, the little salt that Jesus is Lord. You know what I mean? That that just that little salt. He's Lord. And he got us. He got it. He got us. He got it. It's covered. And I may not know how to to uh convey that to you in a in a way that will help you right now, but uh, I can share my life with you and I can say, Man, I don't have it all together. I don't have it all together. I don't um uh, I don't have it all figured out, and my life is not all peachy and creamy. You know, I deal with trauma. But one thing I know, despite the trauma, I want to fulfill that purpose that God has for my life. I want people to, to see my life and be affected in a way that they're going to persevere through whatever they, they're dealing with, whatever struggle, they're going to persevere. I mean, they're not going to get hung up. You know, they're not going to cope until they pass. And I just want to cope. No, no. There's a more excellent way. You know what I mean? The sip, sip, hurl, and do it again. I mean, there's a more excellent way. <laughs> That's not helping you. You're not getting help right there. Actually, you're killing yourself, right? It's just slower. You're just doing it slowly versus picking up something kind of weapon or 
You're doing it slowly. And uh, and that's it. That's it, brother. And that's all I have. Yes, sir. Man, just wanted to share with you guys because we just had like a really great moment today with uh, Ahmed Brian here that he, he got in a little bit of a car trouble locking his key. So it just yeah. kind of, I told him it was divine appointment because he heard your message and it was, yeah, something that, that that really touched them, you know. Well, we've been waiting here for a, for a locksmith to open the car and all that stuff. So he's just yeah. he's just he's just being wanted to say thank you, but um, oh, you know, he he doesn't have words right now, but he wants to get information and get get involved and a lot of own stuff. But you know, okay, wanted to say and because we have that that he was uh, the conversation today was was perfect. Yeah, talking man, about sharing awesome. and and being that it's not about just us, but but what God wants right. us to do, and and, and it, right. it really it really touched them. So that's awesome, man. Thanks for that. That's awesome. Thanks, bro. And that's what it's about, man. That's what this conversation is about. Just that that testimony. That's and that's what we want to be for us in everybody's life that we meet in everybody's life. Well, family, I hope the discussion has encouraged you. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has infused you with love and truth to live a life filled with God on purpose. And if it has, join us again for more godly discussions. Thank you.